Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Along with Tom Prince from WNY Athletics, Mr. Roger Weiss is here, and we are joined by Coach Rich Robbins and the Canisius Crusaders, state champions Crusaders, that's it. And uh, we are joined by a special guest, Marquel Slaughter, is visiting us. Uh, please excuse my voice. I am still fighting this cold. Hopefully it starts to it'll start going away within a a few days. I think they said it takes uh, two weeks for it to run its course. And uh, this just in cough medicine doesn't work. <laughs> Gee, they say, you know. That's why it's over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that young Markel we used to know? He's not so young anymore. No, he's not. Way back when, when he was young. Hopefully, you guys oh. all had a great Thanksgiving. And, and anytime you get a chance to eat and relax all in one day, I'm all for it. I look at it this way. Anytime the Bills could beat the Cowboys, it doesn't matter anything else. That's, that was that was fun. Yeah, really. Wow, who expected that? You know, we were hoping for a moral victory. You go down, how many times does Dallas lose at home on Thanksgiving Day? That doesn't seem too often. Hard to to see, there's a few times that it happened, you think you would remember it, but they're hard to recall. To see Jerry Jones suffering in oh, his box. Oh, gee, that's beautiful. I know, that, that ruined my whole Thanksgiving, to see poor Jerry having problems. I loved it. And somebody said that they could actually hear him mouth, that's it, he's done. Meaning, uh, w- wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that coach has been on the ropes for the last couple of years. I- I'll-, I'll be shocked that he gets through this year. I think you're going to see some major changes no matter what the case is in Dallas. I tell you what, if they lose to the Eagles the next day, he's gone. I guarantee it. Uh, let me get the violin out for him. All right. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about it uh, today. As I said, uh, we have Canisius in here. We're going to celebrate their state championship. Congratulations to Climber Sherman, Panama. Wow. Great job, Coach Harper. He's done what an amazing uh, job with that program. I almost okay. got up and walked out yesterday at that game. Huh? Yeah, first, first series, three and out. Oh, you won't stand for that. Oh. They're just lucky they reprieved themselves. Okay. In fact, if I if I had driven myself, I, I I rode with somebody, so I didn't drive down there. I just went and got up and walked out and went right back home. <laughs> Complete <clears throat> domination is all that you could say in that game. Climber Sherman Panama was just completely dominated their opponent, and this was a a, a state championship rematch, is what it was. This is the same game from last year, and look at what Climber Sherman Panama did in this game. But I also want to give this, I, I want to give a second team credit here. You got to give credit to Franklinville, uh, Franklinville Ellicottville, right? Because that to me was probably your state championship game right there. Right. Right. I mean, we said it at the stadium: is these two teams were that caliber at a state championship caliber level. 
both these teams represented Western New York, and both these teams could have gone on and done something special. But, boy, I'll tell you, I go all the way back to last week. Coach Ty Harper, what you did in the second half, the adjustments you made at halftime in your game was the difference why you went on to go on for a state championship. Kudos to Coach. Outstanding stuff. All right, guys, let's get into our news and notes. Uh, as you recall, last week I promoted the fact that the uh, New York State Council on Youth Football, they're having a meeting next Saturday in Binghamton. And if you'd like some information, you can go to nyscyf.org. All youth leagues, organizations, leaders are encouraged to attend. Again, this is uh, part of Save Youth Football in uh, in New York State. So uh, Ray Turpin had sent me, wanted me to pass that along. And uh, he said, uh, you know, the, the organizations across the state, they want to stand up and create a consensus standard for everybody to go by. There's so many different leagues have different rules, different standards. They want to kind of put it all uh, together. I have no problem with New York State saying, let's have a standard here and we all play under the same rules. No issue there. The issue is I don't want the rule to be that nobody plays football. Right. <laughs> that you can't have as the rule. We have to have a feeder program for all these schools. Coach will tell you right now is – you have to have a feeder program. If he has to take a freshman the minute they walk onto campus over at Canisius and he's got a freshman, they have not played football at all, you're going to be talking about New York State take steps back that will be unbelievable compared to what every other state is in the country. Well, the one thing that if you get standardized uh, way of doing things with youth and uh, hopefully that means better coaching. You know, uh, Coach Licata was on last week, and he mentioned, he goes, there are times he wishes he had kids that didn't play at the youth level because he's had to correct so many mistakes. You know, and there are leagues, there are fly-by-night leagues here today, gone tomorrow. And we so we need to do a better job of putting everybody under the umbrella. As I said, we go by the, the standards of USA football's heads up. Maybe if we get everybody under that same umbrella, we could do things like that. So uh, if you're interested, that's next Saturday. Our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week, if you would like to nominate a coach, go to livefit.com. Congratulations to Grand Island Volleyball Coach Bill Schultz on their first state title in school history. Pretty cool. Congratulations. That is, uh, like I said, is I know we haven't talked a lot of volleyball this year, but that is an absolute great job by Grand Island. Absolutely. All right, we've invited uh, Lunch Hankowitz on. He's going to start the program <clears throat> off today. We're going to talk about the uh, Western New York Amateur Football Alliance College Football Recruiting Night. Good morning, Len. Good morning, uh, Tony, and good morning to everybody there. Good morning, Hall of Famer. How you doing? Well, I want to first of all congratulate Rich Robbins on that state championship. This is a year that he probably feels he you know, really had to grind it out and do one of his best coaching jobs. Uh, congratulations, Rich, to those Crusaders. What a great year for them. Hey, Len, thanks a lot, especially coming from you. That means a ton. It, you know, just a great group of kids and kept working all the way to the finish, Coach. So really appreciate, uh, really appreciate what you had to say. Yeah, great year, Rich. Uh, pretty awesome. I think you know why. Just uh, – you know, right to the bitter end with your kids, and uh, what a great way to finish. 
Well, to have led, if you think about the job that he did in taking a young team and essentially grow, taking these kids by the hand and growing them as they matured towards the end of the year, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, along the way, Rich, I'm sure you'll get into it, too, is that uh, they had some, uh, you know, hurdles along the way that they had to get over, and that makes the championship at the end of the year so much sweeter for them. And uh, what are you to remember, for sure? Yeah, absolutely, Coach. It's uh, just a great, again, just a great group of kids and, and coaches, just a resilient bunch, and, and certainly, you know, starting 0-3, uh, losing to some out-of-state out of opponents, losing to St. Joe's and, and St. Francis during the regular season. You know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of pivotal moments this year where the team, you know, everybody could have kind of gone one way or the other with it, but uh, was just so proud of our group and the way that they just continued to believe and, and continued to work. And, and trust the program and the process. And, you know, I, I kept standing in front of a room full of people telling them that if, you know, we kept, kept doing the right things that, that I still believe we could be champions. So, you know, to be able to stand in front of them last Saturday after realizing that was, uh, was a special experience for me. Now next week or next couple of years now, you know, you guys were a young team. This was your prep year for the next two years. Well, you guys got bullseyes on your uh, back now. Everybody's going to be looking out. Pressure's not going to get reduced. It's going to increase. Lad, let's get into talking about college recruitment night. This is a big event that you guys are putting on, and it's going to be held Tuesday, December 3rd, 6 o'clock to 8.30 at uh, New Era Field, Pepsi Club, West Entrance for people. Uh, let's get people up to speed as to what this is all about. Yeah, Tony, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, this is uh, really the 16th year we've been doing this. <laughs> I mean, time kind of falls along when you're, when you're trying to help out kids in Western New York, but it's, it's been a great event. Uh, and I'll repeat just what you said. It, it's this coming Tuesday. It's at the uh, New Era Field, the, the Pepsi Club, and you can, you can get to the Pepsi Club through lot number six right off. Uh, right off I think it's Abbott Road right there, and uh, it, it's an easy access. Tony, it's a great event for a lot of different reasons. Uh, tuition assistance has changed in New York State, New York State because of the Excelsior program. Uh, the recruiting process is always new for the people coming in, for parents and so forth. Every single person who goes there, and again, it's free, it, there's no charge for this. Every single person that gets in that place and walks around and sees all the colleges that are represented, by the way, by Division Two and Division Three teams, walk away with a with a different light in terms of what this thing is all about because Tony, most of the parents are probably going into this thing for the first time and, and they're going into a I call it a, a a recruiting black hole. They really don't know what to do. I mean nobody really uh, leaves them by the hand and, and takes them through the process. So this night it could be a beginning. We hope it isn't. We hope it uh, probably started well before this night, but if it's at the beginning uh, everybody will walk away with more information. It will be a, a, a group of coaches that are willing to talk to parents and players. And, and, by the way, coaches can show up, too. They can set up, you know, uh, maybe visits for them. They could, uh, you know, cooperate on offense, defense, schemes, whatever. It's a, it's a great night for Western New York football. And, uh, you know, we hope that the weather cooperates, and I, and I kind of think it will. And it will go on from 6 till 8.30. And uh should be another great night. So, Len, this is Tom Prince. How you doing? Um, I've had the opportunity to to attend this event as a parent. So I, this is an absolute phenomenal event here in Western New York. And I couldn't more echo the words that you've said is 
how great this is for the athletes here in Western New York for two and three schools. In a lot of cases, even a D3 school is just going through the recruiting process as we speak. It's not too late for you to get into this process right now as far as an athlete is concerned. Even if you are being recruited, attend this event. It is still great to network with these coaches, whether you are you know, close to deciding or not. Get out there. Make sure you, they, they see your face. Get out there and talk to them. I had full FaceTime with coaches, with uh, recruiting coordinators, whoever it may be. You're going to get your time. It doesn't matter who you are. Two things you're going to always get asked. Make sure you've got your grades and everything all set and make sure you've got some sort of highlight video that you're going to be able to give to them as far as a link so that they could go ahead and see who you are and what you've accomplished. I think Tom hit it perfect. It's great for the kids to, to, to get a chance to be seen and get with the college coaches. It's almost more important that the parents you know, have an opportunity to speak to some coaches and, and some people from admissions even. I know a couple of the schools have running around. So um, it's just the education process, again, for the parents is huge because like Coach Jankowitz said, it is. It's a black hole. I mean, there's just so much out there. And unless you have a school or, or coaches that are really walking you through that every step of the way, this is a, a great opportunity to get out there and, and get it figured out. What I don't like is the mindset of some people out there that says, well, if I'm not getting a Division One scholarship or – recruited uh then it's uh, then i'm a failure let me tell you something if you're at a division one and you're expecting a scholarship and you haven't heard anything by the time this event happens you're not getting a division one scholarship period okay so move on get ready it's a division two or three school and there are some football programs that are absolutely phenomenal at d2 d2 and d3 and i'll tell you right now every d3 school in this area that will be at this event will have some sort of player that will be going to the NFL draft or will be getting looked at by the NFL still. I don't care what division it is. Now with social media the way it is, the way film the way it is, if you are that good, you will eventually be seen. Make sure you get to the school that you want to go to. And like we said, the thing is now if the parents do show up, they can learn right from the sources what it's all about, not what they heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. Yada, Wait, are we yada, breaking yada. out into Ario Speedwagon now? Why not? Okay. So, so Len, we can't thank you enough. This event, what you do for Western New York here is absolutely phenomenal. People don't realize what an asset this is to, to Western New York football and making sure that all our athletes are seen and heard by every one of these coaches. Well, thanks, Tom. You know, Tony, I'm going to stop calling in and just have you guys talk about this thing from this this point on. It's kind of it's kind of great, but uh, all of you are correct. I mean, it's uh, it, it's a great night. Uh, to, another thing, too, Tony, that I think people forget they can line up what's really important now because, and again, this is face to face. This is nothing that goes online and you know texting back and forth. You, you can line up college visits, and I can't emphasize this m- more than anything, is that have your son visit the school. I mean, during the off-season, uh, you know, maybe during springtime. Uh, you know, line up, if you're bringing a junior in, maybe for next year you can line up a, a, a college visit when the school's actually playing a game. And you'll never, believe me, you'll never forget the college visit. It'll be one of those memorable things you'll share together because it's kind of an experience where the where the colleges lay out a 
you know, the red carpet for you, and they kind of treat you to what the educational process is all, all about. And also, let's not forget the academic fit that's got to be coupled into this decision because more than anything else, just like Tom pointed out, it's just a minute few that really take the career to a, a picture football career to a, a lifespan kind of career in terms of what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Most of them are going to do something academically, and this is the start of their career, one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make, and I kind of think you can't spend enough time on it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I'd even add on to that college visit. When you are looking at these college, make sure it's a night. Stay overnight. Learn exactly what the nightlife is. Learn exactly everything you can from that college and learn from your possible teammates exactly what the culture is down there. Yep, very good. Well, Len, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning, getting us up to speed. This is a big event. Hopefully uh, we get a good turnout for it. Yeah, a couple of things, Tony. Uh, you sure. know, no night is great for everybody. Some, you know, some people might have uh, basketball games to attend, wrestling matches, or other conflicts. Uh, my buddy in Section Five, George Giordano, is putting on something similar to this thing for Section Five. It's just down the road, down the Route 90, uh, at the RIT Conference Center. That's the day before ours on Monday, December first, from six till nine. And a lot of the same schools that we kind of coordinated. Uh, to be at New Era Field, we'll be there the day before. So uh, one of those two days should be a good time to, uh, you know, connect with schools. And, uh, yeah, we, we know that the colleges come visit the high schools. We know that happens, just like Coach Robbins has a lot of coaches uh, coming to his school. But this is a time for the parents to see the coaches face-to-face. And it might not be the school that might be, you know, concerned with. The Notre Dames and the USC's won't be there. But believe me, like Tom pointed out, uh, two of the Division Three schools that will be there, Union and Brockport, are in the NCAA tournament as we speak. They're playing today at 12 o'clock, so there's some quality teams there. Uh, please attend, and uh, Tony, thanks for your time. Oh, my pleasure, Len. Again, Tuesday, December 3rd, 6 to 8, 13, New Era Field, Pepsi Club West Entrance off of Abbott Road. Go to uh, entrance number 6. Thanks, Len. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. All righty, take care. All right. What a, I mean, it's a lot of information, as you guys are pointing out, and hopefully it's something that the parents will be able to take advantage of. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Coach Rich Robbins on, and we are going to talk with Tyler Baker, Nick McMillan, Joe Dixon, and Donovan Cornelius. We'll have all of that and more on Inside High School Sports, WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Caligiuri, along with Tom Prince from WNY Athletics, Roger Weiss in studio. And we are joined by the Canisius State Champions, Coach Rich Robbins, Coach Bryce Hopkins in studio. And we are joined by Tyler Baker, Nick McMillan, Joe Dixon, and uh, Donovan Cornelius. Of course, Marquel Slaughter is hanging out behind me right now. He's making sure that uh, I'm still breathing. Tony, real quick, I want to mention before we get into Canisius, we didn't mention it at the beginning of the show. Uh, I cha- I was with John Moriello yesterday at the uh, CSP game, and to his knowledge, 
the fact that Sally Watson played D. Wine had a good, uh, quite a few minutes of playing time yesterday. To his knowledge, she is the first person other than a kicker, and I don't even know if there was a kicker, first female to play in a state New York State championship game in any class. That's and I thought uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge it. Obviously, we'll mention it three weeks from now. We hope to have CSP in studio before the banquet, but I thought we should mention it today. That's outstanding. You know, girls are getting involved in, in football. And you should have heard the uh, – uh, I heard they were chanting, Sally, Sally. And I mean, I was on the opposite side. The uh, press box is on the home side, and they were the visitors' team. And you, and you could hear them like you were sitting right next to them. Well, I told you we had a young lady play for us this year. And uh, last game of the, the year, we had uh, we, we clinched a touchdown. You know, we had the game on ice. All right, give Peyton the ball. Let's see if she can punch it in. Unfortunately, they stripped the ball out of her hand as she was crossing the goal line, but we were so proud. And well, if they were throwing a red flag, the replay would have shown that the ball crossed the plane, so it should have been a touchdown. It should have been. It should have been. Those refs don't know what they're doing, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, Coach Robbins, great job this year, man. As you you mentioned with uh, Coach Jankowitz earlier, the uh, obstacles that you had to uh, overcome this year to mold a young group of men, and turn them into champions. Tell us what that process was like. You know, it's our it's our approach every year. You know, whether we're young or, or old or whoever, it's a championship approach. You know, we don't rise or fall. We just kind of keep that consistent championship approach. And, you know, luckily enough, it's led us to be in eight straight championship games, you know, in our league. So, you know, we, we were uh, toughest schedule in the state, you know, no doubt about it. And, and I think that when you play Euclid and – Erie McDowell and Cathedral Prep and certainly St. Joe's and St. Francis in our own league, you know, when, when Cardinal Hayes got off the bus, as impressive looking as they were, I don't think our kids were, were overwhelmed or scared or anything because of the level of competition, you know, that we had played. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, you don't come to Canisius to, to be 0-3 and to lose to both of our league rivals. And, you know, again, a lot of times this year where, you know, adversity was there and we could have kind of taken a different path. But uh, a huge credit to our seniors. Um, especially our seniors and our and our leadership there, um, and our and our and our coaches. You know, I th- I think you never saw our, our coaching staff change their approach or their energy or what they brought every day, and our seniors really just led these guys with a lot of uh, leadership, a lot of love, and and led by example. And I think when you have that from your senior group, it makes my job as the head coach a lot easier. No doubt, coach. We talked about from the beginning of the year. You knew you were young, and we were going to see a development happening throughout the year, and we absolutely saw that development. My question for you is. How good does it say this Monsignor Martin division was this year to just show how good these three teams were this year and what happened and how it played out? Yeah, I, I certainly made that comment within our walls as as I think since I've been around in 10 or 15 years here, this was probably the most parody, you know, that there was where there was, you know, three very good, you know, very talented teams. I think a few years ago, even when Coach Comerford was at Timon, you know, there was some years where there was four pretty good teams, you know, in that league and really battling it out. But if you look at the results, whether it be the regular season games or the playoff games, I mean, everybody was within about a touchdown of each other. So it truly was one of those years where, you know, which way the ball bounces or, or who has a better week of practice or whatever little thing it could it came down to, that's what it came down to in the end. Funny you mentioned Coach Comerford. Uh, I knew that your team was for real because that was a pretty good maritime Health science team that you guys whooped in what week three was it? 
I knew once you beat that that this is not an old, this was no Odin three coming in. They played some pretty good teams, and I would not want to play Canisius by the end of the year. And you proved me right, Coach. Thank you. Yeah, uh, no problem, Roger. I mean, glad glad to you know it's you got to be playing your best football in November. And I certainly think that we were. I think it, you know, again, it's a testament to our kids and their work ethic and my coaching staff and just how they got these guys better and better and better. And, you know, by week eight, week nine, those sophomores, you know, aren't sophomores anymore. They've got some experience under their belt. And, uh, you know, when you, when you open at Euclid out in Cleveland, Ohio, a Division <laughs> One school, there's about five, 6,000 people there and band and cheerleaders and bright lights, and we just weren't ready for that yet. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And, we, and the entire team is a Division One, going to go Division One. The entire team already has commits at this point. Yeah, they had a lot of guys, you know, with some offers and things like that. So, but, you know, great atmosphere to, to play in. I think if we played them or Erie McDowell again a little later in the season, um, you know, for, for me, it was certainly the Maritime game, you know, the way we were able to dominate that game, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. Unfortunately for them, it was coming off. Off of our, our loss against St. Joe's, uh, I think we had a pretty focused group that yeah. week. Um, I, really, for me though, it was how we outphysicaled Erie High School, you know, a Pennsylvania high school, and really outphysicaled them. And then the next week to be right there again, we, you know, unfortunately one of these years we're going to get Cathedral Prep, but uh, you know we were right there again in the fourth quarter with a chance to to be in the game. And I, I thought if we could play well against those caliber of teams and, and their size and physicality, it would bode well for us down the road. I thought the biggest changes you've made throughout the year came on the defensive side of the ball, especially on in the trenches, because you had a you you were actually you and I talked about this Bryce a couple times where you were circling in a couple different lines and a couple different schemes defensively. What do you think the biggest changes came on the defensive side of the ball? I think with our competition, we as a staff, we really made an effort this year to be more split squad, you know, than we had in past years. When you get against an, a Stepanak in the New York State Championship, or you get against these Pennsylvania teams, they bring 80 guys off the bus. When you have two-way people, especially up front on the line, it's a huge disadvantage, you know. So we really stayed committed to that. You know, I think some of our offensive linemen, you know, whether it be Cornelius or Drayvon Shaw, some of those guys could have certainly done more for us, maybe defensively early on, but it was important for those guys to, to get those reps and to develop. So, you know, truly by the playoffs, we were starting, you know, completely, you know, three or four different guys on defense than the five guys on offense. And, you know, that made a huge, huge difference, you know, for us personnel-wise for sure. Um, you know, scheme-wise, it, it's tough in our league. You got three teams, and you're going to play everybody twice. And you know, it's it's a poker game a little bit as far as what you hold on to and what you do. And you know, that first time we played St. Francis, some of the zone stuff and the things we were running that night, I I was worried that with Ritz and his arm strength, and it might be an issue. And we certainly learned some things from that game that that carried us well in the playoffs. So, I think really down the stretch, we just simplified things and let these kids get their eyes in the right place and and play fast. And you know, it worked really well for us. That has got to be the culture shock you mentioned, though. You know. Uh, when you're the home team and the visiting team shows up and here's four buses and you're thinking, my God, they bought the whole town. And when they get off the bus, it's nothing but players. Yeah. It's it's just, I remember the first time I saw that at St. Francis. I was just blown away. You know, it was a Saturday night game, and I think it was one of those Ohio teams that came up. And my God, and it was just... You know, the cars were behind him with the parents and all oh, yeah. that, but the buses was just for the students and cheerleaders. I think it's gotten nice with us and, and St. Francis, certainly, and, you know, I've talked to Coach Smith about this. They, we used to see three or four buses come to town. They'd bring the JV team and the freshmen, and we're going to play in New York. Everybody's going to get in, you know, and now we're having trouble getting some of those same teams to put us on their schedule, you know, with the success we've had and, and beating some of those teams. Now only about 60 guys show up, and it's the varsity team, and they know they're <laughs> in for a ball game. So I think 
the level of football in Western New York overall in the last 10, 15 years since I've been here uh, has really jumped up. And, and, and certainly what, you know, some of our, our Catholic teams have been able to do against some out-of-state competition has, has kind of put people on notice a little bit. Let's get to know some of the players, Coach, and give some credit where credit is due. If we can uh, pull up right close to the microphone here. They're all in a big rush to see who goes first. Yeah, they right? are. We had bashful kids last week, too. <laughs> well, this guy's not bashful. Who so, do we have here? This is uh, this is our, our starting running back, also plays in the secondary for us. This is uh, Joe Dixon. Um, came down to us uh, from Niagara Falls. Yeah, high my neck of the woods. High school this offseason had an outstanding you know, season there last year as a sophomore. was a little bit of do-everything for, for Coach Bass and those guys. And, uh, you know, he and his family just with, with some college aspirations and wanted to play some college football, and Joe certainly has the talent to do that. Um, you know, looked us up this summer, and, and we were blessed to have he and his family kind of join our, our football family. And, um, man, what a, what a great season he had. I, you know, again, I think he was playing his best football you know, later in the year. But again, when you look at our level of competition, his ability to rush for 100 yards against Euclid, against, you know, your McDowell, some of those out-of-state teams, um, and then certainly bringing in his A game throughout the Monsignor Martin playoffs and, and state championship just made play after play after play offensively and defensively, uh, you know, for our team. Was was our running back pretty much all season long, but late late in the year, one of those changes that Tom alluded to was Joe started playing some corner, you know, cornerback for us and really helping us out there in the secondary. And, uh you know, by the end of the year was was just a guy that we were really leaning on on both sides of the ball. Joe, you started out at Cataract, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, and good to see them back in uh, back in business. Coach Olson revived the Cataract uh, team. It was just good seeing that uh, my youth squad is back to where it was before. Yeah, and see Kadri Olson representing the NFL for the Falcons. Scored a couple of touchdowns. Nice to see former Canisius guy. So I know he's happy for you guys as well. Yeah, it's it's been great watching Q. And, you know, you guys know what an outstanding young man he is. Couldn't happen to a nicer nicer um, kid. And, and it was great to have Mr. Olison was on the field. All of a sudden we're celebrating after the Cardinal Hayes win, and I'm getting a, a big hug from from Wayne Olison. So we've had a long relationship with the Olisons and, you know, he does a great job with, with youth football up there. And, and uh, you know, Karan, I know, is up there coaching and doing some good things now in that group. So good good to have those bad guys back. And anytime, you know, you get Quadri, I think he tweeted something like, when you need one yard, give it to a Canisius guy. You know, obviously alluding to his touchdowns and, of course, CJ kind of making that last plunge there on the two-point conversion. So uh, great things, you know, with, with Quadri for sure. Joe, besides winning the championship, what stood out for you this year? Um, coach had made a big emphasis on family and it started off the season. We were like separate kind of, and throughout all the adversity that we went through, we came close together, especially by the playoff time. That was like the biggest, the biggest thing for me that I really appreciate it with this group. What are your aspirations outside of high school? Uh, hopefully play division one football, get a um, division one scholarship to a good school. Anybody knocking on the door now? Uh, getting a little bit of interest from uh, UB and Coach Hop said he's going to sit me down and talk to, uh, with a few colleges. UB had a nice game yesterday. Yeah, they, they did. I mean, a great performance. Got their seventh win um, to get them into a bowl game. You know, we were over there with Joe and, and Nick McMillan and some of our guys, on, you know, uh, with a bit of a recruiting visit. So I think very highly of Coach Leipold and their program. Always happy to have, you know, some guys. It's nice because I can go see them play, uh, yeah. you know, once in a while. It's it's great having, you know, Blake Hobbiel and Wheatley and all these guys all over the place. But I don't get much of a chance to see them play because uh, we're always playing. So, um, but, you know, Joe certainly has that potential. You know, it's something that, that you know, he's, he's excited about pursuing. And, uh, you know, certainly with his film this year and the way the season ended, we've been getting a lot of calls and interest lately. So it's good stuff. 
All right, let's uh, Blake with a big game this week could be his leg that's going to be the difference in that game. Yeah, yeah it, twelve o'clock. Today? Yeah. I don't want to go there. I don't <laughs> want to go. Oh, what's the matter, Anthony? So, uh, so, yeah. so, so, Joe, you play both sides of the ball, right? Yes, sir. So, which side do you prefer playing, and what do you look to play at the next level? Because just like Coach said, very rarely will you ever see uh, someone play two ways at the next level. So, what what side of the ball are you looking to play at the next level? Um, right now, I can see myself playing. Either way, uh, a lot of kids get switched from both sides of the ball in college. So I'm just ready for that call. I'm just, I'm just ready to just play Division One, no matter what position. Come on, you gotta prefer one side. Give me one side uh, you prefer. Come on. He's sitting next to the defensive coach. You know, so he's, <laughs> he's being a little political right now, but uh, no, I, I mean he's a phenomenal football player. Honestly, he could probably play left guard and do a nice job. But he, he's special with the ball in his hands. I think he's more of. a you know, an offensive guy, a guy that you look to get the ball in space and, and, and be dynamic, you know, at the next level, whether it be at running back or moving around the slot and, you know, doing different things, which he can certainly do. Why not left guard? He's, he's bigger than Mouse McNally. Mouse McNally played left guard, I believe. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we're going to get to know some of the other guys in the room. And don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11. You're listening to Inside High School Sports at WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. So I want to start off by just some well wishes off the bat, okay? Um, we've got two very influential members that do a ton for the Western New York community, and I want you to know that our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Dennis Saro, Dick Gallagher, please know that we're right there with you, and... Uh, you get make sure you get better, and uh, we want to see you as quick as possible. You are two amazing people, and what you do for Western New York football is just second to none. Love you guys. My thoughts and prayers are with you. So, uh, Coach, I think you've got now an offensive lineman you're going to introduce, uh, defensive lineman, big player here in Western New York. Yeah, I had a lot more room uh, <laughs> over here when Dixon was here a second ago. So, um, but, yeah, sitting next to you know DJ Cornelius, um, just an outstanding uh, football player and an even better, you know, young man. Um, just a high high honors student at our school, high character kid, kind of kid you'd let watch your house when you're on vacation or hope would date your daughter someday. I mean, just an outstanding young man. Um, Football-wise, was amazing for us. You know, played center uh, this year, called all of our protections and, you know, run scheme stuff, had a young group around him that he really took under his wing. Um, again, lead by example, he'd keep them after practice, you know, and I'd see them doing extra conditioning, extra footwork, maybe going through some run scheme stuff. I mean, things you don't always see every year with every group. So, um, you know, just a guy that led by example all year, you know, year long with, with his work ethic. He and CJ Oslins were unanimous, you know, selections as captain, you know, of our team, which has not happened very often in, in my tenure, I think, which speaks to how his teammates felt about him. But yeah, just a dominant run blocker, great pass blocker, one of the best offensive linemen in, in all of New York State. And uh, again, because of the split squad and us trying to do that, didn't play as much defense, but certainly was a dominant defensive lineman in the, in the time when, when he was in there as well. Okay, so here's the question. Mm-hmm. Pancake, sack. <laughs> Pancake. All right. Yes, I like that. He's a true alignment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um so listen, especially you've got some running backs and you had a quarterback who loved to run the ball too at the same mm-hmm. time, right? So what was the scheme that you had to really prepare for the most, especially knowing that these guys were gonna be running guys behind you? 
Well, I think inside run was our biggest one because they're quick guys, and we try to get them open gaps as quickly as possible. So it was really important that we get our uh, that we are we got combo blocks quick to the backers, so we can map out that lane for them to run through and really get them into open field. You know, and and what people don't understand is for a running game to ever work it all starts in the trenches mm -hmm. right and you guys don't get enough credit you know that and i've been trying to do as much as i can talking more and more about the <laughs> offensive lines out there than we probably ever have seen in a, in a while but you can tell when that a gap opens up or any of those gaps open up where does it come from <laughs> it comes from you exactly it right yes sir so you said you had to stay afterwards with a lot of your teammates, right? Mm -hmm. What were you doing? What were you showing them when you stayed afterwards? Showing them proper technique because what a lot of these guys think O-line is played, it's all about big size and strength. But what some of them lack is, te is technique because that's where it all comes from. Um, one of our tackles, Andrew Kerwin, knows this, especially him and I trained with Coach McNally over the preseason so we can get this stuff down because he's the O-line guru of this area. And I think that's what helped him succeed, in, especially at left tackle and especially coming up as a new starter for the team. And um, it's just teaching like where to put the hands in the, in the, in the chest area when the deep lineman getting that leverage. Because like the guy can uh, bull rush you or you can get under him and you can stand him right up. So teaching him those techniques was important. Uh, correct footwork was very important because a lot of these guys can be put on their heels if they don't have the right footwork down. And especially extra conditioning because you know us as O-line, we – tend to not run very fast or very far so we gotta get that down and basically just do anything we can to get win a state championship and it seems like we were successful in our efforts fantastic that's a great a great explanation future o-line coach uh if he should you know choose that career for sure but uh you know the the good news for our linemen um is that as their head coach is an ex-lineman they get to eat first our meeting rooms are always the air-conditioned ones so you know our, our linemen do okay Awesome. Well, hey, congratulations. Maybe come work with fan. my team next year. <laughs> Coach, Tony's eyes lit right up when he said got to eat first. <laughs> <laughs> Even with a cold, he's still hungry. I love it. So, Coach, you want to introduce your next player here? Yeah, this is, uh, this is our young man that was featured on ESPN last week on the You Got Mossed uh, segment. I know that was a cool experience for him and in our program. Uh, just, just an unbelievable talent at wide receiver, only a sophomore, uh, Nick McMillan. So, Nick, you get down, you're all set to watch your, your NFL games, right? And all of a sudden you're watching the pregame and your phone completely blows up. It has to at this point, right? Yeah. You got to tell me what it was like. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. <clears throat> but uh, everybody was just texting me and tagging me and everything on Twitter saying, like, yo, check this out. And I was like, oh, shoot, I made TV. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, let's go back to the play, all right? You obviously had to go over defenders to make this play. What would you see? What were you looking for? How'd the whole play develop? Uh, I remember I ran down the field. I looked back and seen Tyler throwing in my way. And as the ball's in the air, I was just thinking, like, yo, I got to get this. Like, I got to go up and get it for the seniors. Uh, I didn't want the seniors' last game to be sad. I wanted to be happy and win a state championship for them. Nice. So – you got to know, what's your vertical? I don't know. <laughs> I, I call it enough. The video already showed yeah, that, it right? Was, it was enough on that His play. His vertical but, is E for yeah, enough. enough, right? But if you watch the replay, and we've certainly got it from a, a bunch of different angles, how high up he was in the okay. air. You know, the catch radius he demonstrated, that's a Division One scholarship offer kid, you know, from Cardinal Hayes that he's going over the top of, and another kid that came over on the double cover. They knew. 
probably where we were going with the ball. They were bracketing Nick all day and keeping somebody over the top of him. We saw that coverage on him most most of the season, um, which allowed other guys to to really you know Riley Simpson and Max Dowling, Eric Kegler, you know the rest of that group really got to get open and get some single coverage, you know, because of Nick. So again, as a sophomore, I just think uh, unbelievable talent, unbelievable you know work ethic, the way he works with uh, Coach Overton and wide receiver city, and really. Uh, works on his craft 12 months a year, um, you know, he's going to be a special, special talent. Yeah, so Coach, we got one more uh, person left here. Last but not least. Um, you the know, through that pass. The other, uh, the other side of our, you know, kind of sophomore sensation connection here, um, you know, first time I've ever started a sophomore. Um, you know, and, and, and to have Tyler, you know, with the potential now to be a three-year starter, I think being a student athlete at Canisius is not easy, you know, with the academic rigor, with what we put on these guys football-wise, and then to be a quarterback and to do that as a sophomore is, is unbelievable. So with our schedule, um, certainly in that, that game against Euclid, I think we all got to see what Tyler could do. He rushed for 200 yards, you know, that night against a very fast, very good Euclid team. He was all over the place. So um, it's always a tough decision. Uh, when you when you name a starting quarterback, always a couple families, a couple kids are obviously pretty disappointed on that day. But uh, you know, I I told Tyler that day that he was our guy, and I, I believed in him. And uh, you know, don't don't ever give it back. It's yours now. Don't ever give it back. And you know, he certainly um, I think echoed the team with his personal performance and how much better, how much more calm, how much um, his football IQ and just reading what was going on just got better and better and better every week. And you know, sky sky's the limit for this guy for sure. So what you learn most about trying to get ready for different defenses right there? So there's, I could just imagine the film work that you've had to gone through this year, right? So what were some of the biggest learnings that you found out there in the year? So every Sunday after every game, I uh, went to Coach Kubiak. Coach Kubiak, yep, for sure. And we watched film, broke it down, went over the defenses, and he pretty much just told me, like, what plays would work a lot versus these defenses, like who are, like, the, the weaknesses in the defense and just where to attack pretty much. And where do you feel that you grew the most this year as far as a quarterback is concerned? I think I grew the most being calm towards like the end of the season because earlier on I was trying to do too much, I think. And later on in the season, I became calm and collective and Did you feel successful. that the game started to slow down for you? Yeah, I felt the game did start to slow down a little bit towards the end of the season because – I mean, playing Joe's and Franny's twice, kind of knew what was going on and everything. So it's pretty nice. Cole, now, I have to bring this up. Do you play basketball? I was going to play basketball this year. I played last year, but I think I'm just going to take the winner off. All right. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to set this up this way. You're at a family get-together. You and your uncle in the driveway. Who's going to win one-on-one? -on -one? That's me. Oh, <laughs> Brian, I hope. I'm speaking of uh, Wilson head coach Brian Baker. Who's, by the way, he was so proud of you this year. Yeah, I he really came up to me after we had a nice moment after the game and just you know all the hard work this guy's put in because he's had he's got great people around him you know with his uncle and his dad and they've coached him kind of growing up and there's nothing that his dad won't do as far as getting him to different camps and and helping him improve his craft and working with Coach Kubiak so you know and Tyler's got a great group around him I mean I think that's a the the clip now you guys have all seen of our offensive coordinator Tom Capola talking to Tyler right before that last drive and you know be, have fun be great. You know, and that's how what Coach Capola brings to it and that level head and Coach Kubiak with all of his technique. And then our quarterback coach is a, is a name that you'll all know is Delano Fabor. 
um, who was an outstanding quarterback at, at St. Francis and, and played some big-time college ball. So I think with all of those guys, they all bring kind of a unique piece to it and, and have really helped Tyler develop. And, and uh, when you have a kid with his work ethic and, and eagerness and willingness to, to be great, uh, again, it makes our job easy. Well, Coach, I can't thank you enough for bringing the guys in today. Congratulations on an outstanding season and your championship. Best of luck to you guys next year. All right, thanks a lot for having us in, guys. Really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, too. All right, Sports Talk Saturday is up next. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.